0: Rico, and this is the always the critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies except we literally have zero qualifications to do so now you'll notice that uh the person whose voice you usually hear after i say my name jessica is not here today uh she is feeling under the weather right now so i wanted to give her the day off or the week off pretty much in this particular case uh we do have a new movie that we will be talking about And But before we get started on that movie and talking all about it, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way for the show in order to help us improve and for other people to be able to hear us as well. Uh, And also come and check us out on our social media. Uh, You can stay up to date on our latest episodes like this one and our reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And finally, if you've done all that already, if you're a fan of this show, please, please consider becoming a patron to the show. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You could go ahead and become a patron. On Patreon.com/AlwaysCriticPot, that is our page. Uh, you can become a supporter of ours and get some content that we record specifically for the Patreon side. So that is pretty exciting stuff for you as a listener. Now today we are talking about probably the biggest box office success since the pandemic. Uh, Everything that has gone on with it, actually, officially, it's the biggest opener since 2019's The Rise of Skywalker, and that is F9, The Fast Saga. Uh, This is the newest release, the newest sequel in the Fast and Furious franchise. It is a pretty big deal box office wise. We'll talk about the movie in a second. So when it comes to the movie itself, IMDb. Describes it this way. Cypher enlists the help of Jacob, Dom's younger brother, to take revenge on Dom and his team. Now, a lot of the people that are in this movie or involved with this movie are returning from the previous installations of this franchise. First off, we have the director, Justin Lin. He came back for Fast and Furious. That was the fourth version. And he has come back for multiple sequels including what i would argue is the best one in the franchise fast five outside of the fast and furious franchise he has also directed star trek beyond so this is a man who is very well known for being able to handle sequels that were done by other people now he's not the only one back the crew the family if you will is back ready to rock and roll we have vin diesel portraying his role as Dom once again. Uh, We have Michelle Rodriguez as Letty. We have Jordana Brewster as Mia, who is Dom's sister. And then we have the crew that surrounds them, uh, all made up of people like Ludacris, Tyrese Gibson. And then we have our villains for the movie. Uh, Reprising her role of Cypher is Charlize Theron in... One of the more interesting hairstyles that I've seen her rock. Not quite as bad as the dreadlocks that she was wearing in The Fate of the Furious. But still pretty interesting. But by her side in this movie is a wrestler. Uh, So this is the second wrestler to appear in the main storyline. The third if you count Hobbs and Shaw. That is John Cena. Uh, and if you watch the movie and you're thinking, I didn't see John Cena, you probably know why. I will hold for a moment so you can laugh at that joke if you understand it. And we're back. So this movie here has been very well received with people's money. People have been going out to see it. Uh, it made Just over $70 million here in the United States alone. And it has already cracked over $400 million worldwide. China being a big part of that in that aspect. Now, what did the critics and what did the people have to say through Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes, critics were a little bit uh, stingy on this one. 60% of the reviews were positive for this movie. As opposed to audiences, it's 84%. Now, that 84% number is a little bit low. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Because if you look at these big franchise movies, if you look at the audience score, usually a positive outcome is anything 90 or above. If it starts getting below that, that means that there are qualms with the movie from audiences. So this is no exception. Now, the critics' consensus on the movie itself is F9 sends the franchise hurtling further over the top than ever, but director Justin Lin's knack for preposterous set pieces keeps the action humming. Let me go ahead and talk in broad strokes about this movie itself. This is the ninth time that we have seen this crew do something, and since the movie Fast Five in 2011, this franchise has just continued to ratchet up the stakes in each and every movie in fast five uh, they are no longer the dvd stealing racing crew that we met in the fast and the furious but they have become bank robbers almost like robin hood stealing from the rich and powerful to give to the poor kind of in a way um also helping out their own pockets too Uh, Then in 6, they have this competing organization, a rogue type of covert operation that they have to take down, so they become international super spies. Then in 7, it's more of the same, but now there's this technology that can uh, basically hunt down any specific person. It's called God's Eye, and they need... you know, help with the technology to shut it down, and then in number eight you have Cipher, who is Charlize Theron, who is obviously wants to destroy the world or something along those lines, and then coerces Dom to join her through uh, craziest means of hey, you have a kid that you didn't know about, uh, so then now that catches up to number nine, and the movie is a bit self-referential. In, in that aspect, all that, all those crazy things that I mentioned, uh, are actually mentioned in the trailer and in the film, uh, Tyrese's character, uh, actually does mention and does call out the fact, can you believe the different missions we've been on? You know, we've fought tanks and submarines and, you know, what else are we going to do? And they even kind of speculate, you know, are we special? Are we lucky? Are we invincible? Because Every time they get into this crazy shenanigans, they don't actually get hurt in, in the slightest. You know, there's never a scratch on any of them. So it, it's a crazy level of suspension of belief at this point is what the franchise has become. Now, someone like Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel really takes the material so seriously he believes that he is in one of the greatest acting franchises that you can be a part of, Uh, which I don't know how he got to that, but hey, illusions or delusions of grandeur are very possible in Hollywood. Uh, And I don't know if you guys saw the report of supposedly he had to give... Quote unquote tough love to The Rock when he joined the franchise, uh, because you know he wanted to really bring out the acting chops in The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he even said, You know, I know what we're making is not Fellini esque, but you know, I try my best, and that is quoting Fellini that that's quite a task. So You're not going to get too much craziness or anything new from the crew. If you have been with the franchise, you're going to know what to expect in terms of acting performances. Vin Diesel, his usually graveled-voiced self, spouting quotes of familia, and we got to get the job done, we don't leave people behind, any other cliche you can think of. Of course, Letty, played by Michelle Rodriguez, uh, does play Dom's obviously girlfriend fiance wife now at this point and right hand man as well because she is the one that he confines in she is the one that kind of makes and pushes dom to to do things because at the beginning at the beginning of this movie they kind of retreated they've kind of gone into a reclusive state To kind of stay away from the drama of being an international super spy. I I still have a hard time coming up with the concept or the right term for them. Now they are drawn back of course. And Mia played by Jordana Brewster is given a much more media role. Than she's had in the last couple of movies. If you have watched you'll notice that in six seven and eight she is in the back seat she is basically on the phone most of the time talking to brian uh brian of course was played by paul walker before he passed away and she's given more to do in this movie because of the fact that just like i mentioned about the description she uh she's dom's brother but john cena's character of jacob is also dom's brother so there's a family dynamic that has to be played so bringing back Dana Brewster made sense and she brings the same type of energy that she did in Fast Five, Fast Furious, the different installments of the movie. The jokes in the movie usually they would be provided in from Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson's characters uh, fall a little flat for the most part in this movie. Uh, Their attempts at humor to break up the tension of the action and plot isn't quite well done. Uh, Some of the jokes just don't ring funny, pretty much. And I wish that wasn't the case, because this movie is very heavy on uh, faux drama and plenty of action. You're not going to basically sit here and say that the action... Was not enough because there was plenty of action throughout this movie. Uh, At a certain point, it almost feels relentless in its pursuit of another set piece or another action piece. Uh, I will say, though, without that comedic value that usually someone like Terry Reese would bring, or even Ludacris sometimes would bring, it makes the movie feel longer. Than, than it is and the movie's already kind of long at at the time that it's running it's running at two hours and 25 minutes there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie I can go over some of them in our spoiler section but it would be to suffice to say that the movie itself is a bit of a downer in terms of the trajectory of the movies before that I still think that at its highest Fast Five is where you would go if you want the most out of the franchise. It has great action pieces, has great comedy. It's filmed in a great location. You know, it it takes place in Brazil. It was filmed in other places, but it takes place in Brazil. And it's just a delight to watch. Uh, then, you know, Six and Seven have, like, some some good stuff throughout. Um but then at number eight, Fate of the Furious, Charlize coming in does help, but it's, it's not quite the attention grabber the way The Rock was with Fast Five. And then finally, now with number nine, this is where we finally see that the franchise is starting to run on its last legs. And it, it's a good thing because at this point, it's kind of hard to see where else they can go. Uh, This movie in its trailer, you can tell, goes out of this world, literally. And I'll talk more about that in spoilers on how I feel. But for the most part, it's on a downward slope. I wish it wasn't because this is one of my favorite action franchises. This one and the Mission Impossible franchise are the ones that I really look at and get excited for. Because there's not many action movies out there. And maybe you'll say, hey, Rico, what about the superhero movies? That is its own genre. Uh, By action, I think you may know what I mean, but I'm talking about movies that feature either gunplay, racing, car chases, explosions, you know. But they're done through the lens of a person, a regular person, not through the lens of a superhero Uh, that's that's what I mean by action movies so when it comes to that I really enjoy this and the Mission Impossible franchise so it's only a matter of time before we see Mission Impossible come out with their next couple of films and we'll be able to compare yet again these two franchises which have been compared for the last decade in the meantime right now it's a step down on Fast and Furious the franchise and for this movie in particular, I gave it a three out of five stars. Again, action is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of things to like about the action, even if some of it's a little over the top, even more over the top than usual. But at the same time, they don't bring out quite as bit or quite as much of the joy that they did in the previous installations. So with all of that said, Let's go ahead and let's talk about spoilers for F9, The Fast Saga. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? So let's talk some spoilers for the movie. I won't drag this out too long because usually in a case like this with a movie like this you definitely want to have someone to bounce off these exciting moments with. So not having someone here makes it a little tougher but I will talk about the things that I really did like the things that I didn't like. So uh, let's start with the good because let's start positive. Number one I really do like a lot of the action set pieces. I think It's very inventive using magnets as a core piece of your entire set piece. Uh, So they use magnets to, you know, basically pull things together, pull things close, and then they reverse the magnetization so they can push things away. And it, oh man, it causes such havoc in the city that they're in. And just all the destruction is... Immense. I don't know how this franchise gets away with not calling out all the people that you know are getting killed <laughs> for all the destruction that happens. But I will say that is one of the benefits and great things about this particular movie is just that they get away with all this collateral damage and it's fun. It, it, it's a fun thing to see. On screen. It, it's crazy amount of action. Uh, another thing. That I did like. I did like John Cena himself. I think he brings. a uh, Pretty good acting chops. Uh, he has been in. Some smaller movies. And it looks like. Hollywood's about to use him a lot. In, in the. In the near future. Because you, you have him in this. And then you have him in. The Suicide Squad. Uh, the reverse of the social network joke, you know, drop the the. But what really stands out about John Cena is that he he does all of this with a wink to the camera. Almost he's delivering the lines. He's acting the way he's acting all with this knowing like, yeah, I know what kind of movie I'm in. So I'm going to hammer it up a little bit. I'm not going to go over the top, but it's going to be enough where you know that I'm having fun with what I'm saying, what was given to me in the script, and the action set pieces that I'm going to be doing. I will say, when it comes to things that I don't like, though, I didn't really buy having Jacob, John Cena, be Dom's brother. It was kind of hard to get past that throughout the movie. Every time it was mentioned or brought up that they were related because they were brothers, I kind of laughed each time in my head or I kind of snickered because these two men for as chiseled as they are do not look alike they are clearly two people from two different sets of parents and the way that the movie tries to play it that they're blood brothers you know it it just doesn't make sense and I just don't buy it because the energy that they give off of family which again this is a franchise all about family this does not feel anywhere connected like that in any way it, it's a weird relationship that they have and then you throw mia in there jordana brewster and she is trying to you know piece together yeah you know we we missed you jacob don't go running away again and it, I just had a hard time buying it as a family. It, it's, it wasn't enough. And, or maybe it's because Vin Diesel and John Cena don't really gel like that in that way. Uh, that might be the problem. I think that if John Cena was just a super villain, super spy, whatever agent who did have like some tie to Dom in the past. Cool. You can get away with that. But making them siblings, I don't. I think that was a misfire. Uh, back to some of the positive. We got Han back. Han is back. Uh, for those, if you remember, he was the one that died at the end of Tokyo Drift, and then came back. But then they retconned the timeline, so then he didn't really die. Then they showed his death at the end of Fast and Furious Six, who was killed by Jason Statham Shaw. And now it turns out he didn't actually die. And they show it in a flashback. Apparently Mr. Nobody. Which was played by Kurt Russell by the way. Another name of of someone who joined this franchise a couple movies ago. He apparently was able to get Han like a fake out that he died. So he didn't actually die. But he's been staying under the radar. So that way he can... Prolonged this mission that Mr. Nobody put him on to protect this girl and the entire movie central is central to the, that plot line where I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to take this mechanism that can take over all the satellites and be able to will them to their motives any way they want in a matter of seconds. And it's tied to this one girl who Han is protecting uh, with his life. And that's why he has been missing the last few movies or really last few years of life. Uh, but I will say, I I thought that plot line was weird. Uh, it's, it's great having Han. Uh, you know, he's always having something to eat. Uh, he <laughs> always, always with something. He's like a Brad Pitt in that way. It's, if you never notice it, I'm sorry to shatter this for you. But watch a Brad Pitt movie at least once in every movie. He's eating something. He's always eating something. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, but back to Han. I like Han, but it just didn't feel natural to bring him back in. It, it felt way too you know, shoehorned in because of the fact that he was a fan favorite people loved him, Uh, you know, so, I don't know, It, it, it it was great to see him, but the movie didn't do well on how they brought him back into the franchise, okay, so here's the big one that I want to talk about, and that is that I think a lot of people were kind of speculating that this would happen in the movie, you know, they've already taken on tanks, submarines, what else is there to do, but to go to space, so they do it, They go to space or low orbit. No, no. They go into full out space. That's not even up for debate. So they take Ludacris and Tyrese's characters and they go ahead and they put them on the back of a plane. They are sitting in a Pontiac Fiero strapped to a rocket. (sighs) it's too funny it's so funny but here here's my biggest complaint like okay i knew that the movie was gonna go bonkers right and if they were gonna go to space fine make it entertaining though they got up there and i don't think they did enough with that capacity they went up to space that is okay let me say it again they went to space So and they didn't really do anything too exciting with that premise. Like it was just them sitting in the car and they have to get over to the satellite to try to stop the signal from bouncing back to Earth. And it was it just felt like it wasn't enough. They 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 basically crashed the car through the satellite and then they end up at the ISS, the International Space Station. (laughs) i i can't believe i'm describing this in a movie but i do feel like there wasn't enough done with that part like that could have been its own set piece but it's intercut with something that's going down on the ground which i think was exciting it's the chase to stop the software from uploading and they're in this giant tank so then the cars that dom and Mia and Letty are in have the magnets, so they're trying to swerve this tank off of the ground or lift it off the ground or stop it. That was an exciting premise, but you're intercutting it with the space stuff, and the space stuff is not exciting enough. That, that was my biggest problem. That this, mo- this entire franchise that is built on exciting set pieces, the same franchise that delivered you a car going from one skyscraper into a second skyscraper and just when you thought hey we're not done yet we're gonna take it into a third skyscraper that franchise somehow made space not that exciting and I can't understand why but they somehow did now in the movie uh Charlize Theron she is here to cash a check I'll be surprised if she spent more than a day on set with what she did uh this is an easy pay for the mortgage of one of your houses type of paycheck Uh, helen mirren helen mirren did more than charlize theron in this movie helen mirren drove a getaway car with dumb in the in the passenger seat of course the scene was very uh expository with plot or with different exposition But nonetheless, it was pretty exciting to see Helen Mirren driving the car through the streets of London, which, by the way, my friend Jessica, my co-host, she did live in London for a little while during college, and she was kind of complaining how they would be driving in one section and then out of nowhere, they would be in front of Buckingham Palace or something like that. And it's the same complaints I have. Of New York City when they're driving in one spot. And all of a sudden they're driving through Times Square. And it's like that's nowhere near each other. But whatever. So I understand the complaint. She understands the complaint. Now the movie itself. Ends on. What I thought was going to be saved for another movie. But wow they rushed this. But they didn't even allow the villain to stay a villain throughout the entire movie. John Cena, who is the villain and he feels betrayed by his brother, which by the way, let me talk about the betrayal. So the movie has a lot of flashbacks, a lot of flashbacks to the time that they were young and how Dom blames his brother Jacob for the death of their father. Uh, Their father was a racer uh, in NASCAR and supposedly there was a thing that he had to check on the engine And because of that, that caused the car to combust then for him to die. And Dom blames Jacob for that. And so there was a betrayal of their trust. And so Dom basically issued an ultimatum that if they lose a race, Jacob has to keep going and never come back. And so that happens. Dom beats Jacob in a race and Jacob just keeps driving and goes away. So then we, you know, we're in present time. You know Jacob has become this super spy uh, thief and everything who can race cars very well and he's doing it because he feels that betrayal like he has no family like the family that he had basically turned his back on him Dom turned his back on him and they don't let the entire movie pass without him turning kind of to the good side pretty much. Uh, by, I would say, four-fifths of the movie. I know that's a weird um, time signature I'm given there. But basically, before the movie ends, John Cena's character is betrayed by the bad guys, so he immediately joins Dom's crew to stop the tank. And so they stop the tank. They're able to... um, Get to this place where nobody has a scratch. Because of course not. Including Dom who was just in a. Inception style. Turning of a truck that was going down a hill. That was flipping all over the place. And there was an explosion. And he didn't have a scratch on But besides that. Then all of a sudden. He's part of the family again. And Dom gives him the keys to his car to go ahead and make your getaway. Because you need to make a getaway. They're going to be chasing you. So are they setting him up to be part of the crew in part 10? Which, by the way, now that uh, I have that part here, Vin Diesel has confirmed that part 10 is the last one. And it'll be two parts. It'll be a part 1 and a part 2. They will start filming that in January, apparently. So, are they setting up John Cena to come back? Who knows? They probably are. It it makes the most sense. He's the latest person to be added to the franchise. I also want to talk about one more thing. There's a mid credit stinger for those people who watched the movie and maybe bounced as soon as the credits started. There is a mid credit stinger. And if you don't want to be spoiled, go ahead and skip a minute. And I'll be able to wrap this up anyway. But skip a minute from now. So in the mid-credits stinger, we are shown somebody who is practicing on a boxing bag, a punching bag. There's someone in the bag. And the person who's punching the bag is Jason Statham's Shaw. Deckard Shaw. And he is trying to get information from that person. He hears a knock on the door. So he goes to answer the door. And who is it? Han. Justice is back, or justice will be served. That's what Justin Lin kind of promised us, in a way. Justin Lin promised us that with the tagline for the movie, but we didn't really get justice until that credits thing. And you see the look on his face. Now, I don't know if that means that we'll get back Shaw, because I know that there's been problems between Vin Diesel and The Rock, and also now Jason Statham because of this whole they don't like each other type of thing. But because of the fact that he was included here in this movie, in The Stinger, does lead me to believe that there is unresolved business to happen there, and that we'll be seeing something along those lines in. Fast 10 I don't know I'm, I was trying to think as we wrap up here where can the franchise go I am struggling to figure out a way for this entire story to wrap up just because you want it to be somewhat satisfying you do if you do like the franchise you do want it to be something that you care about you want these characters to have happy endings people that you have grown to love as characters you, you want them to have a good ending, but I can't think of what that good ending would be. The only thing I can think of is one last mission. It's one of the great devices in storytelling. You get a crew to perform one last mission, one last thing. There has to be stakes, which means we would have to lose people if, if you're going to tell the story right. It's not necessary, but I think that if you don't, the stakes are not there and you don't take the ending seriously. So that's my advice, or at least my thinking. So I don't know where it goes from here, but I will say that it was a a little bit of a disappointment. Although I did enjoy a lot of aspects of it. I just wanted more. And hopefully with Fast 10, which again, sounds to be the last one that's being split up into two, so kind of the last two. I hope that the franchise can end it on the right note because right now it's kind of on a downward trajectory and I just want to see them really execute something at the level of F5, Fast Five again. If they can somehow execute something that's at that level, I will be so happy for that. All right, guys, I think I've talked enough in your ear for F9, the Fast Saga. It's been a lot of fun. Obviously, it's not as fun without being able to talk to someone about the movie. So again, Jessica, get better. She should be back next week. Uh, For those of you listening right now, uh, really quick, later on this week, check out your podcast feed because we are going to be interjecting some new things in here uh, and it's going to be The Daebak K-Rambles podcast presented by ATC. Uh, We are doing a mini run of Korean dramas. So if you're a fan of Korean dramas, go ahead and check out that podcast. Jessica loves K-Dramas. I had never watched one before this, so that's an interesting dynamic to listen to. Now, if you have been listening... Uh, Thank you so much for giving me a chance on this episode, giving us a chance as a show. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you've done all of that, go ahead and check us out on social media at AlwaysCriticPod. You can find us on all the socials. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Lastly, if you're a fan, if you follow us on both your podcast feed and on social media, go ahead and become a Patreon for as little as $2 a month. That is less than a cup of coffee. For $2 a month, you can go ahead and become a Patreon. That will help support the show. We can create more content for you guys. We already have content that is specifically for Patreon. Go ahead and check it out by becoming a Patreon at the website patreon.com/alwayscriticpod. And now with all of that, that has been our show, I'm Rico, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast.